Coming up, the real MVP of the 2020 season. And also, why the hell does Justin Herbert have to be stuck on the Chargers? That's all next. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Monopoly Go. It's halftime and the scoreboard's not looking good. You're not sure you can pull out a win? That's when you say to yourself, it's time to get back in the game. Pull off some bank heists and take as much of my friend's money as I possibly can. That's right. The hit mobile game, Monopoly Go, lets you compete with your friends to be the biggest tycoon ever. I might do this with my high school friends. We used to play Monopoly all the time. It's the Monopoly you love, but on your phone anytime with tons of new twists, including leaderboards to compare your progress. There's so much to do. Play on countless dynamic Monopoly boards. Make your friends bankrupt by smashing their landmarks with a wrecking ball. Charge other players rent for your iconic properties. Maybe you'll even play against me. I'm great at Monopoly. You could even work with your friends to crack open community chests and in tournaments to get extra rewards. Get back out there. Put on your game face. Download Monopoly Go. Now free on the App Store or Google Play. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where we launched Recipe Club with Dave Chang last week. We also launched Gamblers, the new narrative series hosted by Dave Hill last week. We've been covering uh, NBA free agency on the podcast network and on theringer.com. And we just launched another new podcast this weekend, The Ringer Music Show. Very excited about this one. It's been in in the works for a while. Charles Holmes from The Ringer, co-host Grace Spellman. It is the most notorious new podcast in the industry, The Ringer Music Show. Every Tuesday, they're going to be bringing you the latest news, hottest takes, deepest reporting about the wild world of music and the chaotic industry that creates it. The first pilot episode, the inaugural episode, they dove into the making of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, Kanye. I still love Kanye. I don't care. I don't care what, uh, I don't care how many weird things he does. The music was too great. We dive into that one in the inaugural episode. Check it out on the Ringer Music Show. Uh, We're going to get to Cousin Sal and Pearl Jam in one second. Wanted to mention, was thinking about Gordon Hayward this weekend. Uh, he left, he signed a ridiculous contract with Charlotte, $120 million for four years, staggering. I thought if he opted out initially that it was going to be maybe, I don't know, $80, 85000000 million for four years, something like that. And maybe not worth it to opt out at all. He had 34.5 coming to him from Boston. But uh, he opted out. Everybody knew there was a mystery team they thought it was the Knicks. Charlotte didn't have the cap space. They had to do some really crazy, dumb stuff just to pull this off. First, they had to overpay Hayward. And then second, had to, it seems like they have to stretch Nicholas Patum's contract. So instead of just having that as an expiring contract this year, which you can either just run off your cap after the season or trade, you carve that up. So over the next three years, it's worth $9 million each season. So they have to carry it for two extra seasons just to sign Hayward, which makes no sense when you're Charlotte and you have no chance to win the title. This, this, this is why 
once upon a time, Daryl Morey told me, as long as there's seven dumb teams, I'll be fine. Um, well, you see it every year. You saw it with Charlotte. You saw it with Detroit during the, uh, during the free agency. Detroit was off the rocker. Anyway, with Hayward, um, it seemed like he was headed to Indiana and the Celtics were haggling over sign and trade stuff. Who knows what to believe? I'm sure the whole story will come out. I had heard it was Turner and McDermott and then Danny Ainge wanted one other thing. Couldn't get it. They couldn't figure it out. Maybe they didn't really totally want to figure it out because maybe they knew they had Tristan Thompson coming, um, which who they signed for two years, 19.5 million, I think. I love that signing. I've always wanted to see him on the Celtics. I think he's perfect for them in so many different ways. Um, really good rebounder, proven defender. You can switch with them. He's really nice on, on pick and rolls. His hands are always around the rims. They've never really totally had a guy like this. And uh, I wanted them to get him last year. So maybe part of the reason they didn't want to do the Indiana trade was they knew they had a chance to get Thompson. Regardless, they lose an asset that, and as people have talked about over and over again, these, these last five, six days, as we've wondered what was going to happen with Hayward, it's really hard when you're over the cap to replace somebody who has a big cap figure like that without getting a contract, a sign and trade, anything to just lose it really hurts. And it's a setback for them. But, um, you know, the bigger thing I was thinking, this is the worst Celtics free agent signing of all time. In retrospect, Gordon Hayward, I don't blame him. This was not his fault. He got hurt. Um, within an hour of his first Celtics game, how it played out was ridiculous. I remember where I was when I was listening to it on the radio. Um, opening night, Cavs, him, Kyrie, Al Horford got there the year before. They had Tatum and Brown. Everything seems so freaking promising. And then he has this freak injury and it's one of the worst injuries that we've ever had on an NBA court. And, uh, and it just set the tone for what happened over the course of the next three years. But removing what happened and the bad luck part of it, and you just look at the money they spent and the production they got back, it's a disastrous free agent signing. And again, not his fault, but his last three jazz seasons, he was 25 and four, 20 points a game, five rebounds, four assists, 45% field goal percentage, made almost two threes a game. And here's the big thing, six free throw attempts a game. And that spoke to the style that he had. Um, he was just as really physical, semi-reckless athletic forward, six foot eight, could get to the rim, slash and kick, really good passer. And the kind of guy that no matter how good Tatum got was somebody that could play with Tatum and Brown and be somebody like a, a pseudo point forward. You could potentially run the ball through him in crunch time. You could space the floor with him. All the stuff that, uh, you know, if you've ever watched him. The drop off of those stats for the three Boston seasons are remarkable. So he plays three years in Boston and he, during the regular season, he's 14 and five, 48% field goal. The free throw attempts dropped to 2.7. So he goes from six a game in Utah to 2.7 in Boston, which speaks to A, didn't have the ball enough, and B, was just a different kind of player because once he had that injury, was not going to the rim the same way he did in Utah. It just wasn't. So he missed 121 games in three years, and he missed 31 of 45 playoff games over those three years. He missed all the 2018 games, played all nine in 2000. 
19 when he really was, you know, he averaged 11 points a game that year and just looked like a shell of himself. And then last year gets hurt in the first playoff game again, comes back for uh, the last few. So they played 14 of a possible 45 playoff games of three years, averaged 10 points a game in the playoffs. And there was only one stretch where you could see the potential of what this was. It was the beginning of the 2019, 2020 season. First seven games, he averaged 20.3 a game, eight rebounds, 4.6 assists. He shot 56%. And he looked like the best guy on the team. And then, of course, yet again, bad luck breaks his hand. Um, but I think he had 39. Maybe it was even against Charlotte or Chicago, one of those teams. He The game, two games before he broke his hand, and it looked like he was back. So it never happened. Got hurt. Couldn't really ever find his footing again. Then Tatum, it became Tatum's team right before the bubble, right before the pandemic happened. Come back to the bubble. Now he's healthy again. Nope. He get he gets hurt again. He sprains his ankle. It just was the most snake bit Boston athlete run I've seen in my lifetime that I can remember. And it, there's been other sad Boston stories over the years, like, you know, before my time, but when I was growing up, I always heard about Tony Canigliero and the 67 Red Sox. And um, and then he got hit by a pitch, Jack Hamilton, fastball. I think that was his name, Jack Hamilton. And, uh, and Tony C was never the same. And people were like, could he have hit 500 homers? There was that. Um, Len Bias was sad for different reasons. Never even got to see him in a Celtic uniform. Cam Neely got taken out by Alf Samuelson. Uh, Bobby Orr ends up playing nine years for the Bruins. It should have been 20. Like there, there's been a lot of, like with any sports city, you have your guys, you have your, your things where you're like, man, if only that hadn't happened, if only this hadn't happened and, and you go through it. Um, Hayward is definitely one of those guys because you think they strike oil with Tatum and Brown in back-to-back -back years. And whether it's Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie, Kemba, they always have an all-star caliber point guard. They have a top five coach. And then you add Horford for at least the first two years and the Hayward piece and man, if you if you press the reset button and think about those three Celtic years, they make two conference finals. Um, but weirdly feels like like them not making the finals one of those years with the kind of team that they had, with LeBron leaving the conference, with what happened in the bubble last year, with the Bucks never being ready yet, it's kind of impossible. Um, I I think if you if you play, if you simulated it 50 times. And including like the Sacramento pick that never came through and the Memphis pick that never quite came through the way they thought, all the assets they had, um, it's kind of unbelievable that they never made the finals. They With the amount of talent, the money they spent, all of this was pointing to this three-year stretch. And Hayward was kind of symbolic of it. You know, the fact that it just never, never quite got there. You know, and I think like the worst Celtics free agent signings ever Purvis Allison was always number one for me. The one Rashid Wallace here was an abomination. Thankfully, he left. Uh, he retired. Travis Knight was a bad one. Cal Cheney. Um, they really they really were less terrible Celtic free agent signings that I can remember. They overpaid Dana Barros once, but he was kind of fun to watch. Um, this was the biggest money they ever spent on somebody that didn't pan out. And again, for the 15th time, not his fault. But um, but when you think about like just as a Boston fan and in your head, you go to like 
the all-time list of, oh man, that free agent signing, God. You know, Carl Crawford, Adelius Thomas, Jack Clark, Pablo Sandoval. I remember Matt Young, that was a disaster. Dice K, Kevin Stevens. You know, any any Boston fan can rattle them off. And if you're a Chicago fan, you're going to rattle off your 10. And if you're a New York fan, same thing. If you're a Laker fan, I'm sorry, Los Angeles fan, same thing. You're going to have your guys. Hayward's on the list, unfortunately. He is. He he is going to be a default reference for anyone who follows Boston sports for the rest of eternity as a huge, huge free agent swing that did not work out. And again, for the 19th time, not his fault. But that's how it played out. He had three Boston seasons. And the only time we ever saw what they paid for was that seven-game stretch in the third season when he looked like an all-star and then he got hurt again. And it's a bummer. I, it's weird. I'm kind of mad that he didn't stay because I, I feel like, you know, especially when you think about some of the stuff he said about reuniting with Brad Stevens and trying to be a winner in Boston, all that stuff, uh, you know, that this was going to be the moment, you know, for him as the, to reach the pinnacle, all that stuff. And now it's like, hey, cool. I'm just going to get paid by Charlotte for four years. But on the other hand, uh, that injury was so traumatic. And, you know, when your body is your livelihood, um, and that gets compromised and threatened the way it did. And it changes the way you play and the amount of rehab and all the stuff he had to go through and the baggage that he had in Boston, frankly, combined with the fact that it became Tatum's team and he was always going to be a third or fourth option. Um, I'm not surprised that he left and I'm not surprised that he didn't want to stay. And I'm not surprised he wanted to take an obscene amount of money from Charlotte to play with LaMelo Ball. Terry Rozier for a team that has a chance maybe to be an eight seed max. But um, this is just a weird one. I, I think, you know, when you follow a team, especially me, I've been a Celtics fan, God, for 46 years at this point, 47 years. I don't even remember how long. Um, this was certainly the weirdest beginning, middle end of any guy who passed through the Celtics franchise. So uh, it definitely sets them back. I think they were able to scramble and get Tristan Thompson back at least, or else it's an all-time terrible disaster of, of an offseason where everybody either stayed the same or got better in their conference, and they undeniably would have gotten worse. So now you could argue flipping Hayward for Thompson. They, Thompson's somebody who could play crunch time. Marcus Smart could grab Gordon Hayward's uh, minutes. So maybe it's salvageable if they can look out with some of the draft picks that Tatum can do a little bit more, but um, still a bummer. And I feel bad for Hayward. And this is just the worst case scenario of how it could have worked out. So we are going to, um, we're going to talk about uh, on Tuesday, I'm going to do a gigantic free agency podcast, breaking down everything I saw and really going a deep dive on that. So uh, stay tuned for that on Tuesday. Uh, one thing I will say, I really did think the Lakers got better. I was impressed by the moves they made. I thought the Schroeder trade was really smart. I, I loved how they got Harrell as uh, a six-man borderline, could play him crunch time sometimes. Bringing KCP back was really smart. Marcus Gasol will help them against certain teams, in the, especially in the playoffs. And, uh, and Wesley Matthews, you know, he could be a ninth, tenth man, but they definitely got better. Um, you know, whether LeBron will be able to play at the same level he played last year and, and with the kind of miles that he's put on 
as a performer the last 16 years. We'll see. But uh, but they definitely got better. And you look around, like Clippers kind of stayed the same. Portland, I people just love to blow Neil O'Shea every time Portland has an offseason. They're fine. They're not, they're not gonna win the title. They did okay. I, I'm not gonna throw a celebration party for Rodney Hood and Cantor and bringing Carmelo Anthony back and you know, whatever. Um, but Denver took a step back. They lost Jeremy Grant. Go down the line. It's like the Lakers out of a, the Mavs really didn't do anything. Really seems like they're kind of staring at 2021 and Giannis now. But uh, the Lakers are in a great spot for a repeat. And um, I'm going to have to ask my mom to put LeBron and Davis's picture in the freezer and put the, put the kibosh on that. So count on me to do that. Coming up, uh, we're going to talk football with the Cuz first. Pearl Jam. All right, week 11 is now in the books. Cousin Sal is here. Sal and I have seen a lot of each other. We had, we had like two <laughs> dinners in a row. We had a lot of time, a lot of quality time. We're back. We really did. Yeah, this is going to be seamless after a while, right? It's, I know. It's too, too much time together. No, it's, uh, it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, need a, we need a break. I, I want to see other people. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Mahomes because he won the MVP tonight. You said Mahomes heading into this weekend was plus 180. Yeah. And a bunch of stuff happens, right? Wilson basically lost all his momentum a couple of weeks ago. Right. Kyler Murray um, has the tough loss on Thursday night. Then Rodgers is like, well, if he beats the Colts, he's in the mix. No, he, they, they lose an OT. And then Mahomes, who played really well tonight, I thought, but then the Raiders come and all of a sudden he's got 95 seconds to basically march him down the field for a field goal. But you know, he's not just going for a field goal. He makes it so easy. He does it in 45, 50 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I leave that game and I'm like, wow, what are we doing? Mahomes is the MVP. Yeah, he was uh, 25 touchdowns, one pick coming into tonight and only had two, although it seemed like he had four, right? But he only had two touchdowns. I don't know. They just, it's the same thing. I'm not saying anything new here. They make it look so easy. To a point where if they drop a pass on third and one or something like, oh my God, that's uh it's so unnatural to see. But he just does it. And you you knew with a hundred and fifty percent certainty, only seeing him that he was gonna throw that touchdown to Kelsey, right? You just knew once he avoided the rushers, it's like, okay, he's now toying with this defense. And the Raiders played well, I thought, right? Like they there were no before that and before the last drive, there were no long plays like they really made them work for every single play and, and especially since those guys didn't practice all week and three yeah. of them were were didn't weren't allowed to play anyway three starters so uh yeah great job he's the mvp they got a lot of good stuff out of car until the last drive yeah. they have some explosive dudes on both sides of the ball and if you catch them on the right week you would assume they were one of the six or seven best teams they have some clunkers Mm-hmm. over the course of the first three months, which is, I think, why we're always a little wary where the line was seven points tonight, even though it was in Las Vegas. Right. But, you know, you made the key point. There's never a doubt with Mahomes. He's the only guy in the league right now that down three, less than two minutes, you just know. You're, you're like, all right, if if this doesn't happen, I'm going to be shocked. 
Well, Vegas, ironically, Vegas knows and FanDuel, they had them the live line when they were down three with the ball. What they have to drive 75 yards to to, yeah. to go ahead. They could have kicked the field goal to tie go to overtime, but they went minus 125. No quarterback gets that respect, right? Down three driving the field, minus 125 to win the game. And um, but who the hell's taking the Raiders in that spot? No one. You know, that's one of your favorite subplots every week. I don't know yeah. if people listening know this, but Sal and I occasionally we we like to put wagers on the games to make uh, it more exciting. And sometimes Kyle. you'll sometimes you'll monitor some of the activity <laughs> in the wagering community during these games. And really, for the last year and a half, anytime the Chiefs are down or it's right. in peril, you're always like, "Chiefs are plus one twenty five right now. Chiefs right. are plus two hundred. What are we doing?" Right. And yeah. it's just no matter as long as they're within ten, it always seems like they're going to win. Yeah, because they're one of the teams that they make the line, the initial line, so high, like even minus eight on the road against Las Vegas. You said it. You know, Vegas was going to come out and play tough. But, yeah, that's why you want to get it when they're down or minus 150 or plus 150 or right in that range. That's the value as a gambler. I'm told that's where you make your money, um, mm. not at the minus eights and, and things like that. But I don't. Do you like here. what you're seeing from the defense for them? Because I, I think we have a big enough sample size to – uh, worry about yeah. it in a legitimate way that they cannot get stops. Yeah, no, I thought they, I thought they would come out and play hard, and it was the Raiders' defense or what was left of them that played hard. And the truth is, what was it? It was Aguilar dropped that pass. That yeah, could have put him up ten. Right, they were up three. Um, he scrambled. Car, Car was great. Car was really US. good. He went harkened back to his close to MVP season a few years back before he got hurt. Well, I know. I, no, I no. think I blocked that out of my mind. Was he was, that something that happened? Entering week 12, <laughs> he was the favorite to win MVP, and then he got hurt. He, he got shelved for the year. Remember that I, I team? I think I was in a the coma. Playoffs? They no, that was the year the I was in a coma. Without, yeah, you were in the coma, yeah. <laughs> I should have told you to sit down before I explained that to you. But but he made all the right, even like looping passes and stuff, like didn't do anything stupid, played great under pressure, and had a lot of drops. They kept throwing to that fullback, Ingold or whatever. He couldn't catch for shit. Yeah, and, uh, and really, if you uh, you take away those drops, and Raiders probably win that game. Yeah, it's it's weirdly a moral win for the Raiders. They beat them the first time. Yeah, came damn close to beating them the second time. They're still in the playoff mix right now. We have six teams in the AFC that are seven and three or better, and mm -hmm. there's seven playoff spots. That seventh spot, three, six, and four teams: Vegas, Baltimore, and then Miami, who we'll get to uh, in a little bit, but. If I'm a Raiders fan, I come out of that game thinking we can play with anyone in the AFC. Not afraid of Pittsburgh. Right. Um, just going down the line. It's like we can hang with all these teams. We can run the ball. We have dudes who could make we have receivers that can make plays. We have a tight end who's really good. Mm -hmm. And on defense, we can at least create some pressure. Like Mahomes was scrambling mm -hmm. for his life there a couple of times. He's just Mahomes. Like he was creating plays where all the quarterbacks we watched over the course of the day today, a lot of those guys would have been chased down. On yeah, some of those plays. I look at it like, you know, there's so many different ways you can measure a team's greatness because any one of these teams could get beat on a Saturday or a Sunday when the playoffs roll around, right? We saw even the Chiefs defense are going to put them in peril a few times probably in January uh, and maybe February. But what about this? Like, who are you most confident? What offense on third and three? I put the Raiders right up there. They're top yep. three or four right now. That, that Waller gets – it's stupid to call him a tight end anymore. Maybe it's good um, – for the organization because they don't have to pay him as a wide receiver or or something. But 
He is always open. He is so physical. And even when you try to double cover him, he's open. So I think that's that's a big help for Carr on like third and short and stuff. And that's why they're going to be scary. I have a PSA for uh, all the announcers out there. Collinsworth was the latest victim. Yeah. Everyone watching these games has a fantasy team, I'm guessing. I'm going to say like 80 to 90% of the people. Yeah, probably. We don't need the one-minute lecture about how nobody talks about Darren Waller and nobody realizes he's good. (laughs) We all know every single guy who's good. There's no guy in any game that I'm watching (laughs) that I haven't considered for fantasy football aspects in some way. We're not surprised. Yeah. There's no news flashes as we're watching Sunday Night Football. Nobody's going, wait, Darren Waller, he's pretty good. Does anyone have him in my league? It's not happening. It's kind of insulting because then they immediately show the graphic of, uh, there it is, Kelsey and Waller. One's one and one's two. Look at total yards. Look at touchdowns. Look at for tight ends. Like, yeah, we yeah. all know that. He's two we're, and Kittle's three. Like, yeah, we get we get it. Those are the top three or four. The Andrews on Baltimore. All, right. all, all great. I don't know what's. Yeah, if you want to shock us through the, hey, we don't talk about Ryan Izzo enough. Yeah, cause, right. Because it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. We actually don't because because yeah. he's not very good. Yeah. Um, the uh, AFC. I was going to do the NFCs, but we'll do that in a second. The AFC. I actually really like the nine teams for different reasons as playoff teams. Like even if you're thinking Cleveland at seven and three, you yeah. know. They have a way of, they just turn every game into the ugliest thing you've ever seen in your life. It's Which I think in a weird way is a talent. It's almost like when those basketball teams play those 85 to 80 games. Something they do sucks yeah. the other team down to their level. And it's just this disjointed, ugly game. They're running the ball a lot. You never feel good about it if you bet them. If you bet the other team, you're worried the whole time. It's just weird. Uh, yeah, they're, Tennessee, they're ugly. I just, back to Cleveland, like, I really hope they don't make it because they are ugly. I, for some reason, they've played in rain um, every game since September. Uh, and, right. you know, everyone's they like, bring oh, bad, they attract bad weather. I think bad weather yeah, follows them, whatever city them. they're in. And Baker never has to be good. And they seem, it was 12 for 22 today. Didn't throw any picks, which kept them in it. And the fact that they play the Eagles kept them in it. And everyone's like, oh, Nick Chubb. It's a new team with Nick Chubb. Like, Nick Chubb is 30 yards entering the fourth quarter before <laughs> right. he like breaks one off for 60, you know, and then they end up winning. But I think you're with me in that there's so many other teams. If there's seven, you want someone else. They're, they're going to get that spot because they have seven wins already. And I think they play the Giants and Jets uh, yeah. and maybe Jaguars, too, I think. Yeah, I'm going to so go get, through it right now. They're gonna Mayfield, get by the way, yeah. they're up seven nothing. Mayfield always do his hand off for the second half and they're going to win. He's right. like, nah, I'm actually going to put the ball on the ground for an Eagles defensive touchdown. Yeah, right. I'm yeah, going to try that. Make this a little <laughs> more exciting. So Pittsburgh's 10 and 0. KC is now nine and one. Buffalo is seven and three game lead in the AFC East. Indy is seven and three tied with, with uh, Tennessee, Tennessee at seven and three. So then you have Cleveland seven and three and then Vegas, Baltimore, Miami six and four across the board from an easy schedule standpoint. Cleveland's got Jacksonville next week at Tennessee, Baltimore, at the Giants and Jets. Ugh. And then Pittsburgh week 17 in a game that, unless Pittsburgh is 15 and 0, all the backups are playing that game. We won't right. see one good player. Yep. So that's probably the easiest schedule of all of them. You look at Baltimore, Baltimore is six and four. And I want to talk about them in one second. And they're at Pittsburgh Thursday night. They lose that. Now they're six and five. They go Dallas at Cleveland, Jacksonville, Giants at Cincy. So the last five are are pretty easy. 
Mm-hmm. I would say that's a must win because it seems like 11 and five is going to be the cutoff in Baltimore the AFC somehow. For Baltimore, that's a must win? What, Thursday, you said? What's yeah, because win? I think yeah. they would have to run the slate if they don't win that game. I really do think 11 yeah. and five is going to be the cutoff in the AFC somehow. Yeah, maybe. And I was thinking, oh, Cleveland, good. Get them out of there. Put them up against uh, the two seed, which will probably be the Chiefs, and then they'll be out of it. But Cleveland's looking like a uh, a five or six seed, right? Because just right. who's on their schedule, they're going to get to 10 wins. I know I keep thinking you can't have it always, right? I'm like, the Chargers are much more exciting to root for as an eight seed, but it's just not going to happen like that, right? right. So we're going to be stuck with a crap team. I think they're a crap team. The Browns are just, you know, uh, thrive yeah, in bad is- weather. They yeah. they just need to go four and two the rest of the way, yeah. and they get to eleven and five, and they're making it at that point. They got it. So then they're making it. They're like a a, a six seed at worst, right? Yeah. And then they would play like a Tennessee or an Indianapolis or something like that. So I I don't know what happened to Miami today, and and we're gonna go into a little thing we came up with a little bit yeah. later. I don't know whether to throw that game out as just a bad game or. There's maybe they just look good the last couple of weeks, but we were overrating them, myself included. Baltimore, mm-hmm. we've had a much longer look at here, and it seems like there are real problems. They've had some bad injuries on both sides of the ball, and I always talk about the year from hell team. Starting to wonder if if they're they're kind of nearing year from hell potential. They, I I don't know how many people out there actually watched it, but Lamar had a chance to to score a touchdown and just win the game. Yeah. And they're basically inside the 20. And as I was watching, I'm sure you thought the same thing. They kind of needed a score of the touchdown in regulation. It couldn't go to OT. It, it wasn't even just about giving right. yourself a better chance to win in regulation, all that stuff. It was like psychologically, mentally, I, I felt like Lamar needed that one because he he just has not been coming through in moments like that. And it was yeah. the same thing again. He they couldn't they couldn't get touchdown. I felt like they should have had it and they, and they just couldn't pull it off. Goes to OT and they lose. And, uh, something just doesn't, the sniff test is not working with them. Yeah. You got the kicker. I was always oh, the greatest kicker. Oh, dynamite automatic. Like yeah, who gives a shit? Eric Henry's one missed tackle away from ending yeah. this game. And that's what happens. He's another one who had like 35 yards rushing entering the fourth quarter. And then they're like, Oh, we're still in this. Okay. I'm going to do my thing. And that's what the Titans and the Titans have like the 27th ranked secondary in the league. Like this was the game that, that Lamar had to get right and not with his feet. You know, he had to get in sync with his Brown and not AJ Brown as, as the Titans did and uh, really stepped all over him and he couldn't do it. Now they're in a really tough spot. As you said, going to Pittsburgh, what are they? Six and four, six and and four. And I'm not really sure. It's a team that I watch and I'm not sure what their identity is anymore. Cause last year you knew what it was. They were just, right. it was this weird Lamar thing, this offense. We hadn't really seen anything quite like it. And they just controlled the ball nonstop. And mm-hmm. they, the league almost couldn't seem like it could figure it out. Now it seems like people have figured it out and they can't block the same way they did last year. Yeah. Well, no big plays, right? Isn't that no. the thing? Like if you can score a third, they seem to hover around 30 a game every t- every game last year, but uh, no big plays and have to struggle to get to that number. Which, all right, let's say you're KC. Let's, let's assume Pittsburgh's going to get the one seed here. Mm-hmm. KC's the two seed. Yeah. If you were them, which one of these five teams would you be most afraid of in, that, in the uh, seventh spot? Tennessee, mm-hmm. Cleveland, Vegas, Baltimore, Miami. Uh, Tennessee, Cleveland. Vegas. I, I think the answer might be Vegas. Vegas again. Sure. Yeah. Why not? 
you know, one thing Collinsworth did say is like, yeah, do these teams know each other? Look, they know each other. There is something to that. There's something to, uh, you know, having a, a partner on the wrestling team and like knowing each other's every move. And it's like, all right, we can't get any, we got to switch things up. Like it, that's kind of what it is. Like they'll, they're going to, like we said, make, make you work for every single first down like they did with to Mahomes. But um, that was kind of like when we shared an office for a year and, and right. I gradually learned all your moves. <laughs> we knew everyone's part, each other's parlay before <laughs> we even turned it in. Like, yeah. Uh, parlays and, and, and the quickest way to agitate whoever was within five feet of us. <laughs> right. Exactly. We knew that. Yeah. I think Tennessee, you know, depending on what quarter you catch them, you're like, I oh, mean, they don't have it this year. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden they look like the Tennessee from last year. Right. They, the playmakers they have, that team would scare me too in a playoff game. You know, yeah, especially sure. as as it drags on in the fourth quarter and, and Tennessee's close and Henry just seems like he gains steam as these games go along. And it definitely happened today, even before the OT run. It, it did feel like he was taking over that game a little bit. And A.J. Brown, like, I don't think his numbers were spectacular today. What were they? I think I wrote them down. I don't know. Uh, he he was present four, in that four game. For, four for 62 with a touchdown. But he's also another guy you can't tackle. They they have yeah. two guys who you can't basically can't tackle. It's um it's very strange. Yeah, you don't want to play them. They get better as the as the weather gets worse. And the the one who that really shit the bed today was Miami because yeah they have the Jets next week, Cincy without Joe Burrow, mm -hmm. Chiefs Pats at Vegas at Buffalo. But they could have been seven and three going into all that and just needed to go like three and three, four and two. So Whatever. they should Let's, definitely beat the Jets and beat Cincinnati without without Burrow. But the what you said was, well, which do we worry about them? Like, yeah, their coach is worried about their starting quarterback. Like Flores benched. Uh, didn't you think he was hurt, Tua? I was like, oh, he must be hurt. I you actually, yeah, I he was banged up going into the game, but I actually thought they were going to bench him at halftime. I was freaking out. I had really? Miami was my anchor team today. I had them tied with a bunch of bets. But and, why do you why do you bench him? Are you benching him because of Denver's defense? Like, I just don't like this look. Or are you benching him? Because if that's the case, then is Fitzpatrick starting the next game? Or is I it just Denver's defense specifically that is not uh, conducive to Tua's style? Which he did I not think look what, comfortable he, at all. Whatever was happening, they had a great first drive. And yeah. then from the, from the next drive on, whatever was going on, it looked like he just couldn't solve it. Right. And they couldn't block for him either. And it it didn't seem like they respected his long game. Right. And they were just kind of, they had like, they're rushing four or five and then sending these weird blitzes from different angles. Mm -hmm. And they were stacking the front. So he couldn't do that short pass stuff at all. Yeah. And I think when Fitz came in, then all of a sudden he was like putting the ball like, oh, you know, a little bit further downfield in space. And yeah, it opened it up, but you knew how it was going to end. You knew he was going to throw the peck to end it. Well, what sucks is you make fun of me because I latch on to Denver before the season every year. And it's I know. like, and then like, all right, I'll leave them. And it's like, yes, it's games like this, which is why they're, they're the best team in the AFC. <laughs> no, I don't know if they're that, but they always have one or two games like this in them. But you just don't feel like a home game matters anymore, right? Well, what's, yeah, let's take a break because I want to do the too easy game, which was Miami this week. All right, we we're talking about Miami. So you flagged this when we were doing guess the lines a week ago. Yeah. The Miami line was Miami three and a half at Denver. Well, that's weird. I just do my research for million dollar picks. 
Denver, the last four weeks before this game, had fallen behind by at least 20 points in each of the last four games, which is mm-hmm. the all-time red flag for we suck. We are yep. not good at football. When you're when you're just way, way behind every game, that's it. Um, and yet, and we saw each other on Thursday and Friday, and we talked, We at some point that Miami game came up, both games, like, oh man, <laughs> something about it. It's just, it just seems too easy. Stay away. It's like the haunted movie house house in the uh the video on demand where it's like ethan yeah. hawks buying a new mansion it's like why is this thing so cheap and the realtor's like i don't know this is so weird right and we're right. all staring at it and then by sunday everyone i know was in miami and everyone you know is in miami the line never budged and mm-hmm. it became the too easy game now i didn't bet the minus three and a half for that reason i was like this is too fishy i'm doing money line i'm putting them with like pittsburgh mm-hmm. i'm gonna put them in a couple of parlays i tease them to Plus six and a half, which by the way, also lost. Um, yeah. Right. But but when we see these games and we know all the money is on one side, this is a stay away. Don't do it. Why do we do it? I don't, I have no idea why we do it. And this was extra special because last week they were a point and a half favored over the Chargers, a point and a half at home. So how many times do the gambling gods or does Vegas or FanDuel give you the opportunity to benefit off a team who everyone's betting two weeks in a row? Like, right, okay, you can get them the one and a half to beat the Chargers, and you can get them the, uh, you go win money if they win by a field goal or four points against Denver, who, like you said, is putrid and locked through uh, four picks last week and started off with a pick this week. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of those, and luckily there's only like one or two of those a week. I feel like we, when we were growing up, there were more than one or two of those a week, but you've, we made a list, right, of the last few weeks? Yeah, I went backwards. So this was the week 11 game. Week 10 was, Pretty much everyone had the Ravens in a parlay or tease against the Pats on Sunday night. That yeah. was across the board. Ravens tease down to a pick them or money line, whatever you did. And I thought we, they were going to kill us t- two Sunday nights in a row because that's a double up game for everyone. I'm like, oh, no, the Chiefs are going to lose two. They're going to do this twice. Oh, Everyone's yeah. It's got to get creamed. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Well, by the way, that also happened in week nine was the double up game. Tampa oh, right. was like minus three, minus three and a half range against the Saints. Yeah. And everyone's like, revenge game. Mm-hmm. Here come the Bucks. Saints, the game's over in a minute. Never. But in then it. the other game that day was Seahawks plus two at Buffalo, which yep. everyone had Seattle. Everyone written off Buffalo. Buffalo puts up 44 points. The week mm-hmm. before, now I actually was on the other side. I had the Dolphins in this game, but Rams minus three against Miami. And the Rams, that was one of those. All the money was tilted on the Rams. Well, was they, that his first game? Was that to his first start? Yeah, his first start. That was it. So uh, yeah. Aaron Donald's going to be in his face the whole time. Yeah. The Rams, Rams are good. Him. Yeah, all that. Yeah. And then week seven was Seattle against the Cardinals. Seattle was minus three and a half point favorites. And the Cardinals, that was kind of their coming out party as, oh, wait, the Cardinals right. might be a playoff team. So we've had one of these every week. Mm-hmm. And if you bet on the wrong side on those six games, it might be time to take a break. Yeah, Take right. a week off. Or... <laughs> Stay away. But like, you know, and we know this, it's always better to just take that. Like, I really like the Browns today. There's no reason for it. It was one uh-huh. of my favorite picks. There's, I can't really defend it. I just like it. But that's kind of how you win in gambling is mm-hmm. centering on like the weird picks, not the one where basically 80% of the people in your life are telling you they have the same game you have. That's a red yeah. flag. And it sucks because on Monday or Tuesday, you might have loved it, but you kind of do have to go, you know, according to your surroundings, like, all right, I just have to walk away from it. 
I love you. That's why we can't be together, Dolphins, today. That's kind of how it is. And it's funny. You asked me before the podcast, like, which one am I missing in the two easy games? I'm like, easy. I'll just go to my ledger and see what the biggest yeah, um, let me see my five, five digit losses. And that's it. That's uh, those are four of the last six weeks. Well, another terrible thing that happened today was the uh, the vaunted 2020 QB class took a big hit. Tua yeah. gets benched, although mm-hmm. it seems like he's coming back next week, hopefully. And then the the Burrow thing, which was the most inevitable but yet tragic injury mm-hmm. of the season. Anyone who watched the Bengals, we've joked about it on this podcast, like he's just getting killed. I'm worried about him. Yeah. He takes too many hits. They can't block for him. And then it finally happened. The guy's going after him, gets shoved from behind, goes right into his leg. And now Burrow's done. And he's done for a year. And I would guess doesn't even come back next season, right? Yeah. Can he come back in I mean, 10 months? He's being optimistic on Twitter or whatever. But yeah, that's a that's a tough, tough injury uh, to come back from. And it's funny. You said Mahomes won the MVP. I think Herbert won the off, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year award tonight. Like, I, I think he can miss the next five games and still get it. Um, I don't want to get away from the Burrow thing too much, but he's maybe the most complete rookie quarterback I was talking about it with the degenerate trifecta. Like when have you seen a more complete rookie quarterback than this, than Herbert? He can, he moves the chains with his legs. He's so poised in the pocket. He found the receiver. It's insane. What he did with Keenan Allen at 18 targets and 16 receptions. I've never yeah. seen anybody lock into anyone like that, but it does suck for Burrow. I don't know what would have to happen for Herbert not to win that award now. And they were about even going in. I would say out of like the 10 best throws of the year, Herbert's had at least five of them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The one he had today, he just chucked it 60 yards. He He's hitting these guys in stride every single time. How many completions did he have in that game? I'm looking this up. Um, he, th- he was 37, 37 completions. For 49. Yeah. Yeah. So they finally figured out what their pass run balance should be. They only ran it 26 times. And they threw right. 47 times, which... I think a lot of people, including uh, Warren Sharp, had been pretty passionate about, like, basically, let the dude cook. Yeah, well, um, when Ballage is your go-to guy on the ground, I mean, he's fine, but um, I don't know what, what they're supposed to do there. That, I mean, that would have been the Chargers' most spectacular loss, right? Joe Flacco just leaning back there and throwing it. Like, well, I wonder if funny. you should pressure. The announcer's like, should they pressure him? I'm like, yeah, of course you should pressure Joe Flacco. <laughs> why, why do anything else? He's going to crumble. And they did. Last There's been this big sports card resurgence basically the last two years. I think the pandemic's fueled some of it. And right. the Panini prison boxes with these rookies, like the Burrow, it just goes to show you like with football cards, maybe maybe get rid of those when they're smoking hot. It's not like basketball. If you yeah, have right. Burrow or Tua or Herbert, like once those things are as high as possible, sell, That's get rid funny. of that thing. Because um, you just never know. In basketball, I think it's a lot harder to have a career threatening injury but who was um, the Yankee I didn't I don't even know if he ever played for the Yankees was it Taylor the pitcher oh, Brian Taylor yeah Brian Taylor yeah yeah I don't even know you had a few yeah. Brian Taylor cards I had a couple yeah I was like all right this will have get me interest in the dreaded Yankees but yeah he fell apart yeah it didn't kept really winning. well that was a bummer um speaking of bummers yeah. the NFC East <laughs> so we are now at the point where Philly is leading the division at three six and one this was funny for a while, but now it's like we're getting close to the end of the season. Like we're mm-hmm. really looking at a potential five, ten, and one, six and ten, five and eleven. I don't know what what the the winner is going to be. The division as a whole, they are minus one eighty five point differential. Oh, you is, can't go by that. 
crazy because they, they're playing <laughs> each other. Right. They're uh, outside their division. They're 419 and one. Mm. And if you put a gun to my head and say, said, pick the winner of this division, I wouldn't know what to do. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I would pick the Giants as like the safest pick. At least they're kind of showing signs of progress and kind of hanging with teams and stuff. Like I, yeah. you're a crummy team. I, I can't take them. The Washington guy, I mean, right. Can't go near them. And then Philly, I, I, I can't even imagine what would you do if you're a Philly fan with Wentz? Like, I don't it, know what you do. I, I, how do you, how do you believe that he'll ever be good from what we've seen this year? He is honestly one of the three worst quarterbacks every single week. He's terrible every well, week. Well, here's what's funny about that. So we did this podcast Sunday night. We hadn't seen the Bears Vikings. And I think I was all in on the Bears. They trap me every single week. Yeah. Every, especially when they're getting points and getting points at home. Like three and a half, great. I'll take it. Foles is one of the three worst in the league. Like I, I felt bad. Oh, yeah. I felt bad that I didn't feel bad that he was hurt. Yes. So Foles and Peterson, this guy... I don't know how he won a Super Bowl. Like, you look at the Eagles' schedule. He's like, we have to beat the Browns. We have to beat the Browns without Miles uh, Garrett in there. We have. There's no question about it. I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if Nick Chubb runs for a long one uh, at the end. There's no. You got to go in there and win that game. And they weren't really even close. Like, I guess at the they made a run at the end, but no, that game was over. He they, throws they, a they pick got six. a cheap touchdown. That's miserable, and I hate it. I think I hate that team more because they're. They're reeling me in in terms of what the Cowboys can maybe do and and maybe win this division. I don't even want to look at the remaining schedules. I know the Eagles have the toughest. I know you're going to make us look at a schedule here, but no, probably, no, I, I'm actually no. not. Um, Good. I wrote down all the team, all the for like the 15 playoff teams, and I didn't bother to do it for the NFCs because a, who cares who wins ultimately? All of these mm -hmm. teams are awful, and b, I don't. You could tell me who the six teams, does it matter? It's like, oh, that that's an easy game. These might be the four worst teams in the league other than Jacksonville and the Jets. Sure. It's probably Jacksonville, Jets, and then these four in some order. I'm not going to argue with you. In fact, I would love to figure out a way. I know it's the middle game, but I want to sleep through that Washington-Dallas game because I've seen it a million times. I know they're going to lose that game. And because if they win, they're a half game up in first place, Dallas. I don't even want to deal with it. Well, you were trying to cross them off three, four weeks ago Let's and two it. weeks ago, and I would never let you do it, making the point like this 5-11 and 11 might win the division, and now we're here. Let's I, do it now. Cross them off. The Philly thing, <laughs> the fact that they had that terrible tie mm -hmm. when they actually took the tie, and now that that could actually decide the division if they had that tie could have been the, right. key mo the key coaching moment of the season. I'm with you on Peterson. And everyone always said how important Frank Reich was. And then we saw Frank Reich in Indianapolis. Yeah. And you go, wow, that guy's a really good coach. He, you know, even what he's been able to do, making mm -hmm. them competitive with Brissett. And then Phil Rivers this year, who's all over the map, depending on the quarter. And ever since he's left there, Philly has looked like the most discombobulated, disheveled, uh, weirdest team you watch week to week other than the usual suspects. Sure. So the fact that Peterson won a Super Bowl, it's starting to rise up the ranks of, I can't fucking believe that happened. Take my team out of it. Take, But you the combo of Nick Foles and Doug Peterson, like imagine, I don't know, you like you were Matt Damon in The Martian. Mm. And you're just gone for four years or, or Tom Hanks and Castaway. You know, you come back like, hey, what happened? What did I miss? Yeah. You're like, yeah. So 
Nick Foles and Doug Peterson beat Belichick and Brady in a Super Bowl. So that yeah. happened two years. You're like, what? And then you're watching the games on Sunday. You're like, are you, are you fucking with me? Did that really happen? Those two yeah. won a Super Bowl. It's improbable. I, I don't even know who you would blame more for this. Like, or not blame more, but be like, what, what the hell is going on? Like, I see Foles play on Monday. I'm like, that is not a top 40 quarterback in the league. And I see Peterson, and it's not even like bad decisions or timeouts or stuff, but I feel like these guys, and I know that you have to do it on the field, but he's not motivating these guys at all. They're as talented as anyone in this division, probably Seems more, like it. more at the quarterback position, for God's sakes. And Wentz is two games under 500 since the Super Bowl that he didn't even win. I don't even know what I'm watching anymore with this team. Yeah, it's funny. Peterson and Patricia are probably the two coaches that could get fired tomorrow. And I think people would be like, eh. Yeah. You know, Patricia, I don't know what you do with that because they're playing at 9.30 Pacific time on Thursday. Yeah. So you're firing a coach who would then have 72 hours to get the team ready. So you almost can't fire them. But then their worst case scenario, they're playing, uh, we haven't, we're going to do against the Lions later, but they're playing the Texans. The worst case scenario is they somehow win that game Right. And then you're like, ah, shit, we're going to fire him right after the game or fire him in, on Black Friday, whatever. But now we just won. Now we can't. But that, I yeah, mean, if, he, if they he win, they're, fi- they're five and six. Yeah. There were some, you mentioned Patricia, you mentioned the Eagles. There were five teams early that had zero offense. I mean, Cincinnati had an excuse. Jacksonville was just god awful. Vladimir Detroit. Luton had a tough game. He really did. That was not a good matchup was, for him. <laughs> you know, and they had the four box on direct TV, which I'm really, I've really enjoyed this year. Channel yeah. 701. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, they should have fans. I, there's gotta be maybe the selection committee. Can we be on the selection committee? For they them? let us do it one year. Remember they let us do it not for a whole year, but they let us do it. Oh, they should let us take weeks. over. Cause one the of the time? four games yeah. was Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. Yeah. And it's like, what are you guys doing? That's that, that's a waste of a screen. Why is that game on? That game's going to be a blowout. I think people get caught up in the fact like, no, the storyline here is the undefeated Steelers could remain undefeated. People want to see that. Like, no, we'll, we'll get the point after 10 minutes of play that when it's uh 14, well, why not move around? Why, why can't they switch the games like red zone style? It's like, wow, this game sucks. We'll move this game in here. I get crazy. Cause Pat's because, Texans was good. Yeah. I do the seven box and I put it on the large screen, but even in the seven box, they have the one game. They're like, um, Hey, coming up at 425 Eastern, Miami, Denver. I'm like, yeah, I get it. There's another game. There's four other games later. Just make the boxes bigger from what we're watching now. Well, do you think big baby with that? So do you think we could see tanking with teams trying to play the NFC East team? Oh, interesting. Where you wouldn't you wouldn't tank. You would you would um well uh, you're talking about like like Tampa, right? You could try to tank to be the five seed. Yeah. Or like you might even be better off losing your division and being that. I don't All these teams are too close together, but well, there Tampa's is a scenario. Well, Tampa's in good shape because they're behind the Saints. They lost twi- twice to them, right? So they're a game and a half back. So they just need yep. to keep, keep winning and assure themselves of that five seed and then go to Philly or Dallas or... So it's like reverse Washington. tanking. You're actually yeah. like playing as hard as you possibly can to be the right. five seed. Because right. Because then you get to be... 11 point favorites against like the giants. Now the only problem is I don't remember that, that Seattle team being so bad, but that was the beast mode game. But wasn't that kind of the whole thing? Yeah. The saints were about a nine point favor or an eight point favorite at Seattle. So I think it was higher than that. Was it more than that? Yeah. Um, but not likely against one of these crap bag teams. Yeah. You look at the NFC, those matchups. Mm-hmm. 
two of them are going to be bad because Tampa, that NFC's team, will be awful. Right. And then I think Green Bay is a really soft three seed. Yeah. I really I do. Why. I was so unimpressed by them today. And we were talking earlier about how Mahomes has the championship belt right now for mm-hmm. if you're down three with a minute 30 left, that's the guy you'd want to have money on. Yeah. Rodgers used to be that guy. He had it in this game. He had like the legendary 50-yard throw when it just seemed like they were going to turn the ball over on downs. And then really weird shit, like spiking the ball when he needed uh, to spike the ball. And and it was almost like he had never been in the situation before and they have to settle for a field goal. I don't know. They spiked it twice. He was furious. He was like, real, I was like, calm down. You got him right where you want him. A minute 20. Why are you spiking? Why are you losing it down? And again, why do you want to go to overtime against this team? Right? So yeah. do it to win. You got Devontae Adams. You can get open at any time on one of these slant routes and run the last 15 yards for score. And then they spiked it with, 28 seconds? What was it? They spiked it twice. First of all, the way the Colts blew that, they had like four holding calls, right, in the in the previous drive, which led Rivers to pass, which gave <laughs> the Packers some clock there. And then yeah. they spiked the ball uh, with 48 seconds at the 25-yard line. Like, what are you doing? This is, a, this is not Packers football. He, he, he carries himself with the confidence of a Mahomes but he's just not getting it done like he used to be. It's it's really strange. It was weirdly a bad game for how dramatic it was. Yeah. The Colts had 130 penalties. Mm -hmm. I think their offensive line had nine penalties alone, but just in general, it was really disjointed. The Packers kept turning it over. It didn't seem like anybody was happy with how they were playing. Yeah, really dumb shit. Um, Rivers was hurt, then he wasn't hurt. Then he's fine. Then he's jogging in the tunnel. I, I didn't know what was going on. And they didn't show up at all for the second half, like the, the, yeah. the Packers, until that last drive, basically. But it was 28-14 Packers. I'm like, all right, NFC, maybe here. Nope. Colts won it. I'll say one thing about the Colts. Yeah. Pittman, you know, this receiver class, mm-hmm. which they said last year, it's not a surprise that these guys are all fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But Pittman, first, I don't know, five, six weeks, he got hurt, whatever. He's Rivers' quarterback. But he's starting to look like a badass now. And yeah. if they can get Hilton 100% and they get Pittman going with the tight ends they have, and then if Taylor gets going. Well, I'm with you. I'm like, if all these guys get going, I really want to latch on to this team. I'm like, oh, they have Taylor and they have oh Hines, right? Uh, against, yeah. uh, against the uh, Titans. He was great. Um guys did shit today. They really didn't do anything, the, the, the running backs. But um, in a way, Rivers, Rivers has kept them in the, in the last two games. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, the, I, I would say the Colts are... So they would be the four seed now. They do seem like they have a little upside. The rest of the way, they're going Tennessee at Houston, at Vegas, Houston, at Pittsburgh, home, Jacksonville. That's so Indy's schedule? Those are tough That's games. Indy's schedule, yeah. Yeah. Then Tennessee goes at Indy, Cleveland, at Jacksonville, Seattle, at Green Bad, Houston. So Cleveland much easier schedule. Yeah, they have it easier. If they could win, they play each other this week. So Indianapolis and Tennessee. I have a feeling both of those teams are going to be playoff teams, though. Yeah, I do too. So do too. that would leave us with Cleveland, Vegas, Baltimore, and Miami for two spots. Uh, all right, a couple mm-hmm. more pieces of business. Uh, let's take a quick break. All right. I'm just going to ask you this every week from now on because they're going to be a one seed. Scale of one to 10, do you believe in the Saints? No. I don't what know. is it about them? Why? What is it? 
I don't know what it is. And I'm mad because I had Atlanta on a teaser. So I did that, bad job by me, even though it looked like a good get, right? I saw the stats. Oh, when Ridley and Julio Jones play together, it's a different story. Matt Ryan, you know, Julio lasted a week or uh, he lasted an hour, right? That was by, it. Yeah. yeah he didn't he's show up done for the third quarter. But then it's like Matt Ryan, like, hey, do you know he's like the third best fantasy quarterback? Well, really? Oh, I had no idea. And <laughs> so you need to put money on him. And then, uh, and it's looking like they're, you know, uh, Sean Payton made the wrong decision with Taysom Hill. And then they get exactly what they wanted out of him, right? A pedestrian kind of line, much like um, Breeze would have. What did he have? 18 for 23, 233, no touchdowns, but two touchdowns rushing. And it's like, yeah, they made the right move here. Like, I don't believe in them at all. They're eight and two. Ryan's just classic. Yeah, I know. I, has anyone ever taken a sack on third down in that 28 to 32 yard range where to knock him's own team out of field goal range more than Matt Ryan? Oh, I'd love it's to like see his a stat on that. I'd love I don't to know see. if they keep that stat, but it's like, he's got to be the career leader. I've never seen he did it. That's why we won the Super Bowl against him that year because he can't fucking help himself. Right. Right. So frustrating. Yeah. They should have start that stat. They should start keeping that stat. Yeah. He they was, should call he was, it. They should name it after him. It should be named the, the Matt Ryan. Ryan. It's like, oh, he's got 37 Ryans <laughs> over the course yeah. of his career. Matty Ice. Yeah. Well, he was sacked eight times, but yeah, he doesn't help himself out. It was definitely a winnable game. Like Kamara, all we talk about is Kamara, how he leads his team. He had 45 yards. Like they, they, they should have stolen that game and they ended up losing by more than two touchdowns. Yeah, he lost some MVP momentum as well. New Orleans mm -hmm. rest of the way at Denver next week, at Atlanta, at Philly. So they got three straight road games for some reason. Mm. Home KC, home Minnesota, at Carolina. And that's it. Mm -hmm. That sounds reasonable. So it seems like we're going to have the seven playoff seats. Everybody was like, oh, they'll move it to eight. But I, I don't know. I just see this train going and I see them doing the seven with the one seeds getting a buy. I can't believe it. I can't. I absolutely cannot believe that they've gone 11 weeks without having to even add a week. Forget about forfeits or anything else. Hmm. I don't well, know if we, that's I mean, good, good, good job by you or that's or or, or just like uh, they're, you know, they're doing something uh, a little uh, not on the level. But it's crazy that it's gone through this way. Well, it's funny. We're like, I don't know, 40, 40 minutes into since you came on the podcast. We haven't talked about like the fucking pandemic and the fact that everything is shutting down. LA just right. shut down restaurants today. We're going to have these Thanksgivings where people are terrified to go to family's houses. We have a president who won't accept the election results and is mm -hmm. contesting Georgia for the third time and mm -hmm. seems pretty, pretty, uh, pretty interested in like starting a coup against this government that existed since 1776. Mm -hmm. um, it's weird to be just talking about, Hey, can the saints be the one seed? I don't know if, I don't know what, what's going to happen with this season the rest of the way. I don't even know if we're going to be able to leave our house in three, three weeks. Who the fuck I, knows? I do Is it that, do we trust in the NFL more than we trust in anything else? Like, because they, because <laughs> they're they just plowing forward. ahead. Yeah. They're plowing ahead. <laughs> How about the chiefs, the chiefs Raiders? All right. The Raiders entire defense is not going to practice all week. Like, uh, all right. You want to maybe move that game off of prime time? Like, no, nah, no, nah, we're got it. We're got it. It's no, fine. They'll play. It's and fine. It, and it ended up being one of the best games of the week. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how, if they're getting lucky or they're just better at this than anybody else. I, I think their attitude is unwavering. Mm -hmm. which in weirdly is an asset. They don't overthink it. They're like, look, man, the game is at 
820 on Sunday night. Yeah. I'm sorry your entire defense is in COVID protocol, but we'll be playing that game at 820. <laughs> yeah, just show Even, up. The yeah. lights will be on. Yeah. yeah, just make sure you have 22 guys, 11 on each side, and we're good to go. Mm. All right, cross-off time. So far, we've crossed off Giants, Jets, Jags, Bengals, Texans, Chargers, Panthers. Can we cross off Trump yet? Is it time? <laughs> no Can way. Can't cross him off? Nah, okay. So we're not crossing nah. off Trump yet, even nope. though he lost the election by 6 million votes and yep. 80 electoral votes. I think we have to cross off the Patriots. Ooh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, was I don't see, a, I don't see get, a path. You could get it through Thanksgiving, but you don't think so, huh? No. If you beat Arizona and are five and six? No. I don't wow. see it. There's, there's, the, just for the seventh seed, mm-hmm. there's three, six, and four teams ahead of them. Right. There's no path. It's not happening. And by the way, they stink. Right. And I can't believe they beat the Ravens last week. I They, they should do 30 for 30 about that game. The Patriots are terrible. I knew they were terrible last week and they somehow beat the Ravens. Well, I was thinking with that game today. I was like, what? where do they have to go? What, what yard line do they have to get to for Cam to be able to reach on a Hail Mary? Is it the 28th? <laughs> is it the 32? Right? It's not like uh, hey, if he gets to midfield, he's got a shot. Oh, boy, Bill, this is something because you've never, I was going to say, you've never crossed them off before Thanksgiving. You haven't crossed them off. They have never been a cross-off. No, they? they've been the, the best football team of all time for 20 years. Wow. Are you all it's right? over. They're four and six. It's done. I know, but I wish they okay? had a win last week. I wish we were headed for a top five pick. Yeah, well, this is what I'm, I'm going to say with the Cowboys. Like, yeah, hey, I don't want them to come in first play, get a play a first place schedule next year and get a, a, a 13th pick overall, whatever. And it's just stupid. Wow. It is incredible. I repeat incredible that we can't cross off any of the terrible, terrible NFC's teams. <laughs> That's going to make this game much, much harder. <laughs> is it a game? I don't know. It's just, it's a uh, torture for me because I said caught cross the Cowboys off in uh, late September, but I get it. Well, Sal, the Chargers I know you've heard of NFCs. It'll be fun. I know you've heard of FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's 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 watching football like for you on Thanksgiving? Are you are you in front of the TV the whole time? Are you sneaking scores on your phone? What what's your plan? What no, you the whole time. And I think there's like 40 minutes where I have to be at the table and uh, give thanks and you know set a good example that we should all be together and not watch football for uh or be on iPads for about three quarters of an hour. But that'll be I think the late game. What about you? I think Thanksgiving football is a wonderful way to mm-hmm. uh, avoid really interacting with your family at all. So thanks for football. And thanks for FanDuel Sportsbook. They're giving new users a 25 to 1 odds boost on mm. any NFL game Thanksgiving Day. That means you can bet $5 and win $125. So we have Texans, Lions, Washington Cowboys, Steelers, Ravens. Which wow. one would you do? Just give me give me one out of those six. Just top top of your head. 25 to one odds. Lions. <laughs> it's a, saving Matt Patricia's job. That's right. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. By the way, they did a great job there in the NBA draft, too. They with the draft props and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, we were uh, we were enjoying those. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up with promo code BS to get 25 to one odds on Thanksgiving Day. FanDuel Sportsbook promo code. 
BS. Watch how fast I do this, Sal. Must be 21 plus president, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, or West Virginia. New users only. Must wager a designated boost market. Deposit required. Max bonus 125. See full terms at sportsbook.findle.com. Gambling problem. 800-522-4700, Colorado. 800-9 with an Indiana. 800-GAMBLER. Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Redline, 800-889-9789, or visit 1800gamber.net in West Virginia. Pretty wow. good, huh? Yeah. I, 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 you know out. what? I go through that really fast. Some might say I even skip it. <laughs> <laughs> no, good job by you. Thank you. Uh, all right. It is time for the special. We always enjoy these. The week, the week 12 lines. We get to do Thanksgiving. We have three Thanksgiving games. Yeah. The first one is truly, truly, truly terrible. We've had a lot of depressing Detroit games on mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. This might take the case when you throw in, I I don't know if it's 1A or 1B, Matt Patricia and the pandemic. Would you put Matt Patricia ahead of the pandemic or behind uh, for, for what for what would make this game depressing? I would put it, well, Matt Patricia against Romeo Cornell is uh, that, that, oh, that gives a nice little, nice little bet boost. Nice little 25 to one bet boost Oof. there. Um, and it's in Detroit. Just yeah. constant booze. On top of this, the Pistons had one of the craziest free agent splurges of all time. I think they had the three worst contracts anyone signed. Somehow they had all three. Right. They're so bad, they had to actually stretch somebody's contract and then carry that over the next three years <laughs> just to, to make sure they made all of these mistakes. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I have the Texans favored by two in Detroit. Um, I had... Oh, you got it exact. Okay, so good. There's cheating going on already. I had the Lions minus two, but it is exactly the Texans minus two. You got that. So what are the Texans three and seven? Two and eight? They're three and seven, and the Lions are four and six. I, I get it all, but um, why can't the Lions be favored at home? You know, I was thinking today, I was like, here's what I want going into Thanksgiving. I don't even care about the Cowboys because I know they're going to rip my heart out, but I want the Steelers to be undefeated. That'll be fun, right, for the night game. Mm. And I want Stafford to start. I'm sick of the David Blouse and the I don't know, Chase Daniel. Who have we seen for the for the Lions and their quarterbacks? I, I you know, right? Like uh, Drew Stanton, right? Yeah. Jeff Driscoll. Let Stafford get in, and then Stafford gets in there and gets shut out today. Like I don't even know what I want to root for anymore. Well, they didn't have Galladay. They didn't have yeah. Swift, and right. they were missing their head coach. Yeah. Next game, Cowboys home for the Washington professional football team coming off a decisive, the biggest win any NFC East team has had against a non-division team today. That's true. 20 to nine against the Bengals. Mm -hmm. I have the uh, Cowboys favored by four. Over um, the I said four also. I thought Fandle and Vegas would go a little crazy with the Dallas love, but it's only two and a half right now. Mm. So we tied that. Who's going to be our quarterback for the uh, Washington team? It's going to be Alex Smith, right? I mean, I'm going to oh, have to man. hate Alex Smith. I feel bad. Yeah. They've lost right. this game before. Who's the Texas quarterback that beat them uh, for Washington? These the are some bad games. I Colt mean, McCoy has beat them on Thanksgiving. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I hate it all. Listen, I know gambling gets a bad rap sometimes. It's but here's a good reason that gambling's a good thing are those first two games at Thanksgiving because I don't know why you would care otherwise about yeah, anything. If you get 25 going. to 1 on any of these teams, why not? Yeah. Steelers, Ravens in Pittsburgh. A game that looks so much better yeah, about six weeks ago than mm -hmm. it does now. Uh, I have the Steelers favored by five. I put this right in the Vegas zone. 
All right. I went even higher because I thought I had seen enough of the Ravens. I said six. You're going to win this one. Steelers minus three. Jeez. Because of that, I'm picking, telling you right now, the Ravens are winning this game. Is that this week's looks too easy game? Are we we locking it down? For sure. 100% for sure. Minus three. Are you kidding me? The Steelers kicked the crap out of everyone, including Baltimore in Baltimore. Maybe it's 21-20 or something, right? Maybe that's how they get you. Mm. But minus three is way too low. We need to name name the looks too easy game after somebody. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll think about that. Okay. If anyone has any suggestions, put it in Sal's Twitter replies. Right, right, right. I don't go right. to Twitter, so don't put it in mine. Okay. Sunday marquee game. This is a rare, great Sunday marquee game. What are you going to say? Chiefs Bucks in oh, Tampa. Okay. Mahomes, Brady, mm-hmm. Andy Reid, Bruce Arians for who can look sloppier on the sidelines. A lot of good <laughs> subplots here. I, God only knows if the Bucks receivers, if we're ever going to figure out who to start, who to trust. Yeah. I have, I have one of my leagues. I have Godwin and Evans. I have to sweat that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Chiefs by three in Tampa. Yeah, you nailed it. I said two. It's exactly three. It's a good line. It's a, it's a good, good line. solid line, Bill. <laughs> it's a good line. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, I but because you can't, people aren't going to bet against the Chiefs, right? They're given a field goal. Either way, wherever they are. Doesn't I think matter. if the Bucks lose this game, it's hard to take them seriously. So this is this means more to the Bucks. I mean, kind of yeah. every game needs more now to the Bucks. They don't have a great win yet. In my opinion, do they have a great win for you? I haven't looked, but so they beat the Panthers. They beat the Giants. They Hold on. did not I'm beat gonna, the Saints. No, they've lost to the Saints twice. Right. They had, uh, I guess, beaten the Raiders, but that was weird, right? The Raiders had a whole bunch of COVID shit going on. Right. Uh, yeah, they have no good wins. Raiders Carolina, is their best win. Yeah. Carolina, Denver, Chargers come back. Mm-hmm. They lost to Nick Foles. I guess yeah. the Packers is a good win, but I, we don't even think the Packers are very good. Well, they did kill them, though. That, that's yeah. the one thing. All right, so maybe that's their good win. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, my son, my 12-year-old son, you know, Andy Reid's been compared to a lot of, oh, he looks like a walrus. He looks like that. And he's like, my 12-year-old son's a little quirky, you know, says it in his, uh, you know, like just monotone. He's like, no, he looks like Teddy Roosevelt. I was like, oh shit, he does. Andy Rood looks like Teddy Roosevelt. Wow. I hadn't heard that before. So they nailing that. I think he would take that. The uh watchables, only two. Sunday's gonna be rough. I'm just telling the people out there. We got Chiefs Bucks. Mm-hmm. We have two mildly fun games here, and then it, it gets pretty grim. Bills Chargers. That's it. I think Herbert's in the watchables as long as he's playing a decent team. We gotta I agree. throw him in there. It's, I agree. It's uh very similar to Mahomes wasn't a rookie, I guess would be the difference. But when Mahomes, when the Mahomes, they got really fun the first full year when he was a starter, same kind of thing. It was just like, man, I'm just really enjoy watching this guy. (laughs) I like watching him fling the football. I did dig up a stat a couple of weeks ago that California rookie quarterbacks going to the East coast are like one 13 and one. And that's before Herbert went and lost in Miami. And I guess this is the same thing. Is Buffalo a coast? Is it, it's a co- it's up there. It's, no, it's, it's in like upstate New York. All right, yeah. okay. I, I don't know how seriously they take the coast thing, but what'd you think for the line? <laughs> I have bills by five. 
right. Yeah, you're going to win this week. I said four. It's five and a half. You know, I've been thinking about this Herbert thing a lot and how stupid it is that he's on this black sheep LA football team that has no fans. Nobody yeah. cares. And like the biggest losers are the San Diego fans, obviously, because right. there's this alternate universe where they have a football stadium and then they would get through for this guy. But if he can't become popular here, they have to leave. Mm-hmm. If you have Justin Herbert, who's like 21, who if if you're doing a fantasy draft of who would you want to start your team with and have for the next 12 years, Mahomes would be first. And I think Justin Herbert would be second. Right. Right, right now, if we're doing that draft, and nobody gives a shit here. And nobody cares about the Chargers or him. Plus, it's a pandemic. Nobody can go outside anyway. But can you imagine if he was on a team that had generations of fans? Like if he was like a Minnesota Viking? Yeah, right. Or if he was like a Chicago Bear. Can you imagine the Chicago fans, if they had Justin Herbert right now, how how fucking insufferable they would be? Like losing their minds that they finally had a QB? Or Mahomes, Instead, he goes like to a they, team like with they, no like fans. They like they should have drafted Mahomes. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. yeah. It's such a bummer. This is, is in a weird way. He's like his fans are the the le- the Directv Sunday ticket. Yeah, that's like his fan base. Sunday ticket. He should just you, wear Sunday ticket on his jersey. <laughs> Red zone. Do you feel like uh, the same way about Mike Trout, or is baseball different? Or is yeah, that that's too- that. But I, I, at least Anaheim, like you go to the games, and Anaheim definitely there's a lot of yeah, Anaheim fans in that weird cluster. But here, I, there's no Chargers fans. Yeah, like, there really isn't. If you're in Manhattan Beach, how many Herbert jerseys have you seen people no. walking around in? Like zero. Zero, yeah. I don't it's go a shame. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I feel bad for him. He should be like, that kid should be a big deal. He should be, other than Mahomes, like the biggest young star in the league. Maybe it'll be a nice surprise. It'll be a nice reveal next year when there's fans allowed in stadiums and they will see all the jerseys. So, yeah, step up. Step up, Chargers fans. Maybe I'll get Good, one too. Goodell should just force them to trade him. Yeah. Just big, yeah, trade him to Denver. Sorry. You gave three Denver. first round picks back. The other watchables game, Colts Titans. For sure. The rematch. Mm-hmm. Last time these two teams played, the Titans punter decided to uh, defecate all over himself and lose, lose the game for his team. I have the Colts. They're at home. I have them favored by three. I had three also. It's three and a half. Um, and we talked about this as one of those weird games, right? Wasn't the Colts ended up being favored on the road in that Thursday night game against Tennessee. And everybody's like, why not Tennessee? They're better. They're more fun. They're, you know, more electric. And then they lost like 34, 17. Yeah. The punter definitely didn't help, but, uh, they got trucked that game. Hmm. All right. We're taking a break. Then we're doing the rest. This past season, technology took sports viewership to the next level. I mean, think about digital fans in the stands, people's faces popping up no matter where they were across the world during the uh, the bubble playoffs. That was pretty cool. When it comes to hiring for your business, there's one solution that's been advancing its technology for years, ZipRecruiter. You can try it for free right now, ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites. And then ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology identifies people with the right skills and experience, invites them to apply to your job, it's a winning formula. No wonder four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. If you want to step up your hiring game, give ZipRecruiter a shot. You got nothing to lose. Right now, you get the chance to try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. What are you waiting for? ZipRecruiter. 
the smartest way to hire. All right, we're back. I have a six to two lead. The barely watchables. We have five. First one, Vikings, Panthers. I know we had through two picks today. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the Panthers backup. If we're just talking about like random backups that get thrown into games, PJ oh. Walker. Yeah, yeah. I he can kind of, he's a little frisky. I'm kind of into him. You he's think okay. about all the shitty quarterbacks we watch every week. He's not. He's definitely not shitty. Did you see him today? Yeah, I watched him. He's good. He's the he connects with Samuel. I wish he connects with Robbie Anderson, but that guy's gone away. I have him on like three fantasy teams, but. Yeah, he seems to do his thing. McCaffrey's out. They had injuries. They had really bad injuries. Detroit, like you pointed out, had bad injuries. But they won that. That game was over in the third quarter. Yeah. 24 for 34, 258. Touchdown, I don't two mind interceptions. Him. That's fine. Yeah. I have the uh, Vikings at home favored by three and a half over the Panthers. Yeah, I went, the wrong, I went too high there. I said six. You're right. It's four. Okay. Well, you're righter. I'm, I'm more right. Yeah, so that they really screwed themselves, the Vikings, right? Because if they had won today, they would have been five and five, and this probably would have put them at six and five. And now, um, I think we know the seven NFC teams. I know we've gone over it, but team would you rather root for the NFC. Jets or Kirk Cousins? Oh, if I I had if one of them was my team, like like a five year stretch of you could be a Jets fan or you could be a Vikings fan that has to root for. Kirk Cousins knowing your team has a short ceiling. Right now to 2025, from now to 25. Mm. I think the Jets. I like Well, I don't think Cousins will be the QB in five years. No, I guess not. No. Yeah. That's a a bad question. Dalvin Cook's fun, though. That's the whole thing. That's what you're rooting for with that thing. Yeah. Cousins seems like a nice guy, but man. Uh, (laughs) Cards are at the Pats. This is watchable. Did you kick this out of the watchables? I put it barely watchable because I can barely watch my own team. So I, I can't imagine how America feels. Nah, this is a watchable. It, you think so? Oh, yeah. Why not? Well, anytime Kyla Murray, if you're going to say that about Herbert, anytime Kyla Murray's yeah. in there, Patriots will play good defense. Yeah, you're probably right. I was just lashing out. I have the uh, <laughs> I have the cards favored by one and a half over the Pets. Oh, well, then it's definitely watchable. I had three and you're, uh, oh, I'm right, I guess. Two and a half is the, uh, is the number. Okay. I'm closer. Trust me, my team's not very watchable. <laughs> Maybe the skies will open, the heavens will open up. Uh, you know, your Belichick and his dog will make it rain and it'll be a watchable for bad reasons. Yeah, we needed a monsoon today. You know what really sucked about today? Not just that the kind of pathetic Pat season was ending anyway, but uh JJ Watt who's pretty good today. Like he batted down a couple of balls. Newton had this last drive and he batted down a Newton pass. Yep. And he kind of did the, he kind of walked away and did the Matumbo. I'm a badass finger shake thing. And it's like, fuck you, dude. You play like 22 downs a game. <laughs> like oh. he, he, you're, you're barely, definitely not an all pro anymore. Like get the fuck out of here. Wow. With the Matumbo finger wag. I I'm so mad. I love Your team's this. two and seven. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Hey, fuck you. I got to cross my team off now. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> I was so bad. That game just made me bad. I, I FaceTimed Kyle after. We were just like, God damn it. Uh, anyway, screw you, JJ Watt. <laughs> Fal- Falcons Raiders. This is in Atlanta. The Falcons are just the Jekyll and Hyde team this year. I don't, I don't know what to make of them. Yep. You know, 
I had, I guess, I'm going to change my guess because I had Falcons by two before that Raiders game. But after right. what we just saw, I'm going to go with the rarely seen pick'em. I'm going to say a pick'em for Falcons Raiders. It's a good, good guess. I like the Raiders by three and it is Raiders only by one. So mm. the Raiders are so much better than the Falcons. So much better, but they could easily go there and lose that game, right? This is a borderline looks too easy game. Yeah. This has got to be a John Gruden game, though. He's got to pull this out of his ass if if, if uh, things are falling apart for some reason, the Raiders. I can't believe John Gruden's a good coach. Yeah, he is. This makes me wonder if Mark Jackson could be a good NBA coach because we just listened to Gruden for 10 years. Like, wow, that guy's never going to be a good coach. Right. And now John Gruden seems like he's a pretty good coach, so maybe somebody should hire Mark Jackson. Yeah. Saints at you think, Denver. You uh, think Aqib Tlaib could be a good coach? Uh, we, they they didn't give us a keep today. <laughs> I was like, we listened to him and it doesn't. Yeah, no, no, we didn't get a keep. I thought we might get him with that Detroit uh, Carolina game, but no. There was classic. I, I, what happened at Fox? They had to bring in this backup studio team. I can't believe they didn't invite you. They did. I know. I was trying to think. I was. I wrote a list of how many people they'd have to call. Wouldn't have to answer their phone before uh, I got the ring. Um, before they're was, like, Sal, we need you. Yeah. And it was 119. Was the number. 119 yeah. Fox yeah, employees. Yeah, that's good. I'll get there. I'll get there. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're at least in the top. Listen, 80. it's an abundance of caution. There's no, there was nothing specific. Um, just trust us that there was, they're, they're exercising caution. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Falcons game. That looks too easy. Yeah. Saints are at Denver. This looks easy hey, too. God only knows. I, I jacked this up a little bit because I assume that they're not going to want us to be able to tease this. So I have Saints by seven and a half. Oh, wow. I, uh, well, I, I barely had you out here. I said five and it's six. Um, mm, You win I, that one. Well, is Denver going to be five and six after all that we've made fun of? This is, um, this is insanity. Who's not doing. putting the Saints in a parlay or a tease? Everybody in the world's doing it. I'm Everyone's staying away. Doing it. Last one, Rams are home playing the uh, 49ers. Mm -hmm. I got Rams by six and a half. Uh, I said seven and it is seven. So I'll mm. get that one. So you are up eight, five, and there's four left. Four left plus Monday night. We got five left. Oh, I think, oh, four plus one, right. Yep. Well, we have three poop affected games, everybody. And I don't even know what order to, to do them in. So let's do this. Actually, let's save the poopiest one for last. Mm -hmm. First one, Dolphins at the Jets. This is the game to get Tua going. Mm -hmm. For the love of God. I have uh, Dolphins by eight. All right. You're going to steal that from me. I said five and a half and it's seven. Mm. Uh, do we have our teaser yet? Or are we too scared? Of I think the these? Dolphins have to be in the teaser. The Jets are determined now to go in 16, it seems okay. like. Okay. All right. I think they offered Gase like a $1.5 million bonus if he goes 0 16. Gase did a great thing today. I don't know if you were paying attention, but they I definitely three, wasn't. They had three timeouts. So if the Jets don't score in that last drive, they could. Um, sorry, they had two timeouts and like a uh, minute 50 left. And uh, Flacco throws an incomplete pass and Gase calls a timeout. So now they have one timeout and turn the ball over and there's a minute 48 left and the game's over. It's like, you asshole, if you have two timeouts there and yeah. no reason to call timeout after an incomplete pass, then you you get another possession. But no, they had like eight seconds or something. Well, that was savvy then. 
No, it's savvy. Kind of weirdly savvy, yeah. If you're tanking, yeah, for sure. Browns, Jags is our next one. This is in Jacksonville. Keep in mind the Browns, it's impossible for them to score 20 points with the way they play, but it might be impossible for the Jags to score 10. Mm-hmm. I assume Minshew will be back because Vlad Luton was uh was had four picks today and looked awful. Mm-hmm. I have the Browns by six. That's what I said, and it's seven. And let's not put this on a teaser. I know where you're going with this. I know the Jags are one and nine, and they look miserable. But um, th- this could be the can't trust team on the road. One thing I've been really diligent about this year is not putting quarterbacks I don't trust in a tease, mm-hmm. or as I call it, the Kirk Cousins rule. <laughs> it's just right. not fun. It's not worth it. Uh, last one, the poopiest of all. Really one of the worst games of all time. Giants yep. in Cincinnati. No Joe Burrow. There's not a single fun thing about this Bengals team, though. Mm-hmm. The, pound for pound, maybe the least appealing team. They can't even tank because they've already won a couple games. And then the Giants depending on what happens in that Washington-Dallas game Thursday, like could be playing for a share of first place. Jesus. Right. Uh, especially with the Eagles playing Monday night against Seattle. I have the Giants favored by three and a half. You're going to get this one too. I said two. I don't know why. What was it? Finley for Cincinnati? Yeah. Uh, it's four, but you're mm. closer. Yeah. Mm. I, I, it's that, you know, obviously Burrow was only going to do so much anyway, but Mixon being out like three weeks in a row is a killer. He's good. You got to yeah. move the ball somehow other than uh, throwing an A.J. Green five-yard route. So trouble. Definitely hasn't helped him. Uh, Sunday night, we have the Packers home for Nick Foles. And this mm-hmm. is the most obvious tease of the week. Right. I jacked that up for the... I jacked my guess up a little bit for that reason. I had the Packers by seven and a half. That's exactly what I said. And it's eight. And I think you're mm. right. So looking at it real quick, Packers Dolphins teaser. Yeah. Makes sense. Yuck. You get to bet against the Jets and you get to bet against Nick Foles. Right. Oh my God. It really doesn't get better than that. that you should be able to great. make money the rest of the year like that. Yeah. I was thinking who which fan base has the angriest fans right now at this point in the season? I think you can make a case it's the Bears. If you talk to a Bears fan about football right now, they react like like you're talking like the craziest woke left people were reacting like six months before the election. Like they they've they're they've left their bodies. They're so pissed at <laughs> at just the quarterback situation, Nagy, just right. two, two decades of not having a quarterback, three decades, whatever. It's they've just they're out of control now. They're so mad. Well, I don't blame you- them. If you would have pulled the Bears gambler aside, like a guy who loved his team, right? Loved the Bears and loved betting. And you said, hey, I know you're getting three and a half points. I'm going to let you in on a secret. The Vikings are going to score 19 points tonight. And your Bears team, you're going to have a kick return for a touchdown to start the second half. Yeah. How much How much you betting on the Bears? You basically need, you know, 10 points the rest of the way. Son of a bitch. That Nick Foles. He is unbelievable. And I know, I get it. Trubisky... Trubisky had a fluke injury, like he hurt his shoulder. Yeah. So he's not even an option. So it's like that Tyler Bray, that Tennessee quarterback or something. Uh, I don't know what you do if you're the Bears. What the hell do you do? It's uh, yeah, yeah, because you get to see Mahomes too and say, hey, that guy could have been ours. So there's that level of anger too. You also somehow have the worst running backs all the time too. That's the other uh, crazy thing with them. 
Yeah. Like that, that Montgomery is the third round pick, but they just, they never seem every other team. Miami is like, Hey, we have this new guy. He's going to be really good. Yeah. All these other teams have five running backs and the bears could never find one of them. Montgomery gets two or three yards. That's it. Yeah. No, doesn't get stacked up for minus six or never gets 15, two or three. Last one, Monday night Seahawks in Philly. This is another one it, that if the line is <laughs> a cer- at a certain number, it looks too, it's going to look too easy. I have the Seahawks by three and a half. Oh, no, they didn't make it that easy. I said five and a half, and it's six. Oh, see, so you win the week four five. Six. It seemed like the Eagles were getting too much respect over and over again. I think that finally ended this week. With that yeah, Browns enough's game. enough. Yeah, well, the the gamblers are not going to respect them, right? Will you bet them on them the rest of the year? Like, who would they have to play? I can't. If bet you're Foles, hey, the Seahawks have one of the worst defenses. You could throw the ball on them. Dunlap's giving them a little bit more of a pass rush, but yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, he ended that game Thursday night. But this is a pretty nice spot for Foles to have the "Don't give up on me yet" game. For Foles, you know, Wentz. You mean? I mean, I, I'm sorry, Wentz. Yeah, uh, no, Fol- Foles can. He's not going to be able to try that. Everyone's giving up on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Foles, we're just going to spend the rest of our lives wondering how the Super Bowl happened. <laughs> yeah, that game a month ago. Yeah. yeah. Wentz, Wentz, this could be his don't give up on me. Yeah. This could be it. All right. Well, I won the week. I know Jacoby listening was upset. He roots for you every week. Damn it, Jacoby. I thought I was going to get it together. I wanted to reel off four in a row, but Simmons is up. Eight two two or something now after twelve weeks. Yeah, something like that. I gotta go to boot camp. Uh, uh, it's time for Parent Corner, brought to you by CarMax, America's number one used car retailer. Whether you're buying or selling, our friends at CarMax are on your side. The seven day money back guarantee at CarMax. You get a full week to decide if it's the right car for you, or simply return it for a full refund, no questions asked. I was thinking our kids. Got together this weekend. I put the photo on Instagram. People seem to really enjoy it. Yeah. We're like a year away from having to think about cars for them. I I think we might have to get CarMax involved. Oh, really? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoe's 15 and a half. Archie's Mm -hmm. right. He's right there too because they were like a month apart. Yeah. I think we have to start thinking CarMax for for first car. Well, do they regret getting Kyle a car? I don't think they do. I think they they were happy with how that played out. I know Kyle's been happy. All right, good. If it's time to sell, stop by CarMax today to get a custom offer on your car. You can leave with payment in hand or take a week to think it over. Car buying, car selling the way it should be at CarMax. Check them out today at CarMax.com. So this is a fun parent corner because we had all of our kids together this week. We went on a double date, left them alone for three hours. Yeah. Seemed like it went really well. I thought it went really well too. And then after you guys left, I found a condom. No, no, I'm kidding. No, no, no. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no that's terrible. I, I should. Even, I don't even want that thought. Yeah, it's kind of funny. All um, right, you go. You go first. Well, yeah, what's terrible? I have a like a, a depressing one, really, because uh, the next day, um, my son Harrison, my uh, who I call Harrison, and he gets furious. But anyway, he's six years old, and the the parents that run the uh, little league, you know, there's been no little league. It's been shut down here. But they yeah. were they managed to find a team to scrimmage against like 20 minutes away. And I was like, you know what? Great. I haven't seen this kid play. I know you get to watch Zoe play soccer. I haven't seen my kids do anything since March except play uh, Roblox or whatever it's called on their iPad. 
And uh, and I also like uh, came from a place like, you know, this pandemic isn't hitting them hard. They get to eat what they want. They get to see their friends a little bit and, you know, the, the, you know, virtually and they get to play video games. So we go out and we play this and the kids are all wearing masks and they're told not to get near each other. And like Harrison's playing first base and like unless the throw comes to you, don't get close to the other kids and keep your masks on. And they're playing on a field that we barely got the field, but the sprinklers went off like a half hour before. So it was like muddy. And mm. I'm like, this sucks. This really sucks. Like it really hit me for the first time. Like this is really, this is sad. And I need this to end soon. This is not how they should grow up. And like, I don't even like, he used to be ecstatic on the way home. Like, oh dad, remember I hit it here? Remember I did this? And that was a nice play I made in the fields. Like none of that. He like, even he recognized like this was just kind of, it was really just kind of for the parents really. Like the kids weren't having fun and it just bummed me out. I don't know what the story is, but I look at all the masks and I know they're necessary, but remember there was a time you'd see like a little like Asian man or something with a mask in the airport and like years ago. I'm like, what is he doing? Like, and now it's our life. This is it. And, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know how I want to end this, but, uh, it was a real bummer to my first outing for, a, a like a extracurricular sports activity in eight months. But that's it. Yeah, that sucks. The the parent thing has been really odd. I mean, we had dinner for Jimmy's birthday, our yeah. cousin, right. on uh, on Thursday night. He was saying how because he had the mask on, and he talks about just in general how much how much less friendly people are to him because they don't know who it's him. And he's like, "Oh, I never realized like people yeah. are nice to me because <laughs> I have a TV show." We're like, "Yeah, that's kind of how it works." Like, right. He just yeah. didn't realize it because it's your life. It, it's just so weird with everybody with masks on, not being able to see people smile, to be able to read yeah. facial cues. It's a, and it's, it's probably really opposite odd. for Ray Mysterio, who's like, oh, they're only nice to him because he's wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but sorry about the bummer, Carmax. But I don't know. That's uh, that just really hit. No, I, I got I got one for Carmax. This is this is a good one. My okay. dad told me not to tell this story, but I'm telling it. <laughs> oh, no, but I have another parent corner about my dad. Um, my dad, Thanksgiving coming up, decides he wants to get a COVID test. He's living in Boston, so back east. You know, everybody's getting COVID tests. Everybody's worried. Plus, you, there's no, you can't really do anything. It's getting cold, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to get a COVID. It's much easier to get it apparently in California than it is to get it oh. back east. So you have to schedule it. You have to schedule an appointment to find mm -hmm. a place. So he schedules, he finds a, a appointment in Brighton around the time he wants to do it. Brighton's like... 25 minute ride from Boston, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. He takes an Uber, which I thought was funny that he took an Uber to go get a COVID <laughs> test. Maybe he wouldn't have done that. And then my stepmom was going to pick <laughs> him up from work at the COVID test. Right. So the Uber drops him off and he realizes he's scheduled a drive through COVID test. Oh, interesting. So now he gets in the line with the cars. So it's like just all these cars and then my dad between two of the cars. He's left the Uber. He's, he's, he's left the Uber. He's standing. Oh. So now he's in the line for the COVID test and the cars mm -hmm. are moving forward. And then he's walking <laughs> with the cars, which I don't think technically you're supposed to do. And I'm sure the other cars thought like, who's this maniac with long hair in the, in the line? And my I did this at a McDonald's once and I got screamed at. Yeah, you can't you, you can't be on foot at the drive-thru. Yeah. So my stepmother drove up and and uh and saw my dad in this COVID <laughs> line with all these cars and then finally did it. And they did yell at him, but he did get his COVID test. But right. I 
I'm finding that now that our kids are getting older, my dad is having much more fun parent corner moments than <laughs> anything my kids are doing. We almost right. can't talk about a lot of the stuff going on with our kids now. They're too old. I know. You're right. right? And there's like serious stuff. They... There's like relationship stuff, breakup stuff. Like we can't talk about all the fun stuff anymore. My son, remember I told you he didn't have uh, get a haircut? I was like, I wasn't sure if he was getting a haircut. I gave him money for a haircut. You saw him. It didn't look like he got yeah. a haircut, right? This is a, a week later. He's like, hey, what the hell did you do? I was like, why? He's like, oh, I got the, the, my stylist just texted me. I'm like, why are you, I didn't even know you, you guys had each other. He's like, oh, your father threw me under the bus last night. I'm like, Jesus, why, why do I know that your hairstylist is listening to parent corner? But yeah, you're right. We do have to be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we could still, we could always just make fun of Ben in any of these. Yeah. Let's Ben's had a key. So well, I don't know when this happened to Archie, but Ben's at this key point with this, lip hair he has going mm. that is like a borderline it's time to shave kind of kind of mustache i'll be interested in kyle's take kyle's coming for thanksgiving nice. um whether whether he thinks ben it's shaving time but i've been calling him aunt bunny because remember, <laughs> remember eddie murphy the the eddie murphy oh, yeah. comedy album when he does the whole thing about the family and his aunt bunny who had a mustache right. like come on over and give me a kiss baby <laughs> and it's does like, he like that crying <laughs> He gets, well, he loves that Eddie Murphy album. So he thinks that, so he gets kind of mad, but also admits that it's like a good burn. That's funny. So I was like, look, man, I didn't, I don't think I shaved till I was 15. And even yeah. then it might've been a force. I was like, this is really impressive that, yeah, you know, you've got this little like mini Aunt bunny stash going. So I think we're, we might shave this week, but probably oh, wait for Kyle. That's good. Yeah. It was around that same age. It was that same. Yeah. Have Kyle do it. Have Kyle, uh attach some uh well you noticed his razors. his he all of a sudden he's got this night these night this nice deep voice now yeah the voice changed i you know i saw him i immediately put him in an arm bar and yeah. he used the other free hand to show me his three fantasy teams i'm like this is a good kid and, yeah, and you <laughs> right. like uh you actually got mad at him. i'm like no this is great this I is know. what kids should do show fantasy That's, lineups he, he hasn't made the connection yet that uh nobody wants to see his <laughs> his fantasy team he uh He's been playing the 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 PS5. Yeah. The 2K. And now all, they're adding all the dudes to the 2K on the new teams and the free agent signing. So it's like oh, this right. extra bonus for all these people that play the video games. But uh, all I know is the Celtics team will be a little bit worse. Uh, all right. That was Parent Corner brought to you by CarMax, America's number one used car retailer, car buying, car selling the way it should be. Check them out today at CarMax.com. Cause so you're hosting, um, you're going to be hosting Fox's pregame football show next week. I am actually, case, we're, they skipped the Thursday. I'm not on the, uh, th oh, I'm going to be hosting the whole show. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because you're like, <laughs> you're like 90 people away now. <laughs> yeah, I know. You I'm moving up real stay quick. Away. <laughs> uh, no, I am on uh, Fox bet live. I think I take, I picked a uh, five in a row on the, on the Thursday pregame show. That starts up the week after Thanksgiving again, mm. but I'm on Fox Bet Live, 5 p.m. Eastern on FS1. And uh, and I went on uh, Against All Odds, and we, we kind of crushed the draft bets. We did we really, really well. Did. We did Wiseman over Ball, and we had all these yeah. other things, right? Topping like, at number eight. Topping, going right to number eight on FanDuel was like almost five to one. So thank yeah. you for coming on. That was great. Listen to Against All Odds and the Extra Points Podcast Network. And I have a book uh, called You Can't Lose Them All. It's on the Ringer label, right? Yeah. And uh, you, it's available for pre-order at Barnes & Noble and wherever you can pre-order. And I had to sign like 500 freaking things that all the pre-order people get. So please 
please, at least 500 of you, please pre-order the damn book. You can't lose it. And if it, and if it does well, the Ringer Books, they said they might publish the cookbook, the cookbook from Daniel. <laughs> Our friend Daniel? They, yeah, they, the cookbook might have a better chance if your gambling book does well. Yeah, do that. You're going to want to see the cookbook for sure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Cuz, as always, good job by you. Good job by you, Bill. That's it for the podcast. I have some other stuff for you this week. We are going to be doing two more BS podcasts this week. And uh, we also have a rewatchables. This was a one for us. I'll just be honest. Nick Cage is the star of this movie. And that's all I'm going to tell you. But that's going up on Monday night. And then a new book of basketball about uh, one of the greatest power forwards of all time. So that's happening as well. Lots coming up. Uh, enjoy the rest of Sunday night, early Monday morning. See you on the rewatchables feed. <laughs>